Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, it's so wonderful spending time with you guys this morning as we're kicking off a brand new sermon series called First Steps with Jesus, where we look at what does it mean to go and make disciples. Now, I don't know about you, I've been privileged enough to view some first steps in my life as I have two kids, and I've had the privilege of seeing them taking their first steps in life. And if you've ever been a parent, um, you treasure that moment as very special and very close to your heart. And I'm sure if you're not a parent, you've probably seen some other video or some other picture of a baby taking his or her first steps. What's interesting about this moment, let me tell you some very interesting things about it. Firstly, first steps are never perfect. Um, as a parent, they admire it, we love it, it's so beautiful, we treasure it, but it has nothing to do with the beauty of the steps that the child has taken. It is rather everything to do with what that first step signifies in that person's life. It's an exhilarating moment. It's a moment filled with a lot of excitement because you realize that that first step of that little boy or that little girl or that person taking it for the very first time signifies that from this moment on, this person has opened up a new reality in their life. That means they will never experience life in the same way as they've done up until now. So we admire it not because it is perfect, but for its beauty. The other thing about first steps is that first steps usually is kind of a slow process, a moment of support, parents coming beside, keep creating some little small um, tools and magafters and stuff to help a child grow in walking and taking their first steps. I'll never forget our kids had this little wagon kind of thing with blocks that we put in and then it had this little thing going up and they could hold on to that and start walking, keeping their balance and start practicing this new world that they find themselves in. So first steps starts slow, but it becomes a process of supporting, walking next to, journeying with this little boy or girl discovering the beauty and the wonderful gift of walking. It starts slow, but it's filled with consistent support. In fact, these words, first step, and this moment in a person's life is so big that we've actually used this phrase for breakthrough moments, for moments of barriers and big, big moments in people's lives. We'll use words and phrases like this. We'll say, he or she, they're taking their first steps into the business world. They're making a breakthrough. They're going into a new space that they've never been in before. Or we'll even use the phrase talking about people um, when they're on a new journey, setting out some goals, we'll ask the question, what are some first steps that you can take in order to reach your goal? It signifies a moment of fresh new beginnings with a massive reality that awaits. That's kind of the picture of a first step. Jesus actually speaks to Nicodemus and, um, in John chapter 3, and he says the following. I want to read it to you guys. He makes a statement. Verse 3, he says to Nicodemus, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, maybe you've never heard about this idea 
But Jesus is making two statements when he's speaking to Nicodemus about this idea of being born again. The first one is he's saying, you can only be a child of God. You can only enter into the kingdom of God if you are born again. And here he's not speaking about you going back into your mother's womb. No, no, no. He's saying you need to be born of the flesh, of water, from your mother, be alive on this planet. But you also need to be born spiritually to enter into God's kingdom, to be one of his children. Now, what I'm saying is so profound. You might be a wonderful person living a moral life, even go to church and be in church, but you cannot be a Christian, a child of God, if you've not been born again. That's exactly what Jesus is saying here. And then the second statement that he makes, which comes to our journey of first steps, is that he uses this example of being born again, meaning whenever you become a child of God, you start off as a little baby. And you're signing up for a journey of growth. And as I've just mentioned so beautifully, there are these moments in our lives, and especially in a baby's life, when they get the opportunity to take their first steps. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about looking at how you and I, people in this church, Doxadeo, how we can help people take their first steps in their journey with Jesus after being born again. And we're going to invite you guys to journey with us through this for the next three weeks. And there's going to be a wonderful plan, a version Bible plan that you can sign up for, a 20-day plan. And it's also on our website, uh, the First Steps website, that you can go and sign up with videos and support and topics and stuff to have the first 20 conversations that you'll need to have with someone that just started to following Jesus. And I'd love to invite you to do this yourself, even if you've journeyed with Jesus for quite some time already. But more than that, if that is the case, I want to invite you as well to do it with someone else and journeying with them. For today, I want to look at Jesus' last words to get us ready and put us in line for what God is doing with us in this series. And Jesus' last words was quite profound, and I don't know if you've realized this, but usually people's words on their deathbed, the last few words that they say before we get, um, we don't see them ever anymore, are quite profound, quite weighty words. And I'll read it to you, what Jesus has said. It's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, and it says the following. Jesus, looking at his disciples, he's on his way, going, ascending up into heaven, being with the Father, sitting at the right hand of God. And this is his last words, the words that he leaves us, his disciples with. He says the following. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What a statement. First starts off with his position, his authority. And then he goes on. He says, right after that moment, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Now, there are two points that I want us to focus on just for today, looking at these last words of Jesus. And the first one is that little word that he starts off with, authority. When Jesus says all authority, he means all authority. And I think sometimes as Christ followers, we don't really read what Jesus has said. We missed this word. The word all authority points to the fact that there is no authority in heaven and on earth that is greater than that of Jesus Christ. He is the one with all the authority, meaning it's not just a nice suggestion that Jesus gives us when he speaks. It's kind of like the one with the final say about everything. The buck stops with Jesus. And when he's speaking, he didn't start off by saying, a nice suggestion I give to my disciples. No, he makes the statement that there is a place of authority that I'm speaking from. And we need to realize that it's not just a nice suggestion that Jesus gives. So that's the first point about the authority that I want to lift out. But the second part of it, and this is actually where we find our strength in, guys, when we as Christ followers go out there to go and make disciples, we do not go and do it on our own authority. We actually go and do it on the authority of Jesus. And we need to realize this. As disciples, it's not our job to try and convince people by our own authority. It's not a battle of whether I'm right or you are wrong. No, no, no. It's a story about Jesus, and Jesus is saying he's sending us. What, I, what do I mean by this? Well, um, I see this happening in our house countless of times. Uh, my kids will be outside playing. And then the next moment, they're in some other argument, busy talking about whether the, who would be playing on the trampoline at that stage, whatever they're busy with outside playing games. And then for some other reason, always, mostly, it works like this. My boy, that's the eldest, are most into making turns and giving everybody equal opportunities, but his sister, not so much. So usually Jean would come running into me, um, into the house and start explaining and complaining about his sister not giving him an opportunity to equally share the playing space that they have on the trampoline. And then usually I would tell him the following words. I would say, Jean, you go out and you go and tell your sister that dad said you need to give each other equal turns and I'm going to come and check it out. You know what happens in that moment? Before, it was Jean saying, it's unfair, she's not doing things right. But the next moment, he walks out of there like, newfound confidence, I'm going to speak to my sister. Because he's speaking with a new authority, he runs out and he says, Sissy, Sissy, Papa had Basically, loosely translated, Dad talked and you better listen now. And he's not going out with his own authority anymore. He's now going out with someone else's authority. Guys, when we go out to do whatever God has called us to do as Christ followers, we don't walk in our own authority. We walk in His. We speak with His authority. So may you know, as a Christ follower, that firstly, it's not a nice suggestion from Jesus' side, but secondly, the pressure and the authority is not on you. Then Jesus makes a statement, so he says, all authority has been given to me. And then he asks us, he commissions us as, the, as, as his disciples to go out and do something. 
And he says the following. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Meaning this is not a, a nice idea whether you'd like to do it or not. As disciples, we are called to make disciples. What does it mean to make disciples? To make followers of Jesus. What does a disciple look like? Well, in Doxodeo, we've summed it up in these three statements. A disciple is someone that knows God, that loves people, and that impacts their world. Firstly, knowing God, someone that has a personal relationship with Jesus, that have been born again, that's a child of God, that's entered into his kingdom. He knows God. Secondly, a disciple is someone that loves what God loves. And God showed his love in this way, that he gave his life, his son, for us, for everybody, while we were still sinners. So therefore, we love people. And thirdly, God has called us to establish his kingdom on this earth. Therefore, we're called to make an impact in the world that he's sending us into. So that's the picture of a disciple. That's kind of Jesus' last words commissioning you and me as followers of Jesus to go out there with his authority and make disciples. Now, I just quickly want to say two things. Firstly, I want to touch on the journey of a disciple. What does it mean to be making disciples? What does it look like? What's the picture? And I'd like to do this by just quickly sharing with you guys four quick stories and examples in my own life. Um, I've had the privilege of being discipled by people in my life. And then also today, I've given my life to disciple people. And um, I'd like to share with you three stories. Firstly, it's the way I got to meet Jesus and gave my life to him. I was discipled by my dad. Um, he was the first person that actually discipled me in getting to know Jesus. And with that said, before I share the story, I just want to mention, parents, do not underestimate the responsibility of discipling your own children in the ways of Jesus, sharing with them Jesus and introducing them to this person. I'll never forget it. I was about grade two, eight years old. And I had a very significant dream in my life. And I never remember my dreams. This is one of three dreams that I've remembered. But in this dream, basically, I experienced God just telling me, I have a choice. I can choose him or I can choose to follow the way of the world. That morning, I went to my dad and I told him the story of this dream. And he, in his great wisdom, confirmed it. And he said, Lorraine, I think Jesus is busy speaking to you, and he's asking you who you would like to follow. And it was that morning that I made the decision to give my life, and I entered into the kingdom of God. And I was a child of God. And it was my dad that started that journey with me. It was a journey that continued with um, impromptu conversations and discovering what it means to be a child of God, even on that level, on that age, and in my, in my walk with Jesus. But he was the first person that laid some of the foundations for my walk with Jesus. Secondly, I had a very good friend that's still a great friend of me of mine today. His name is Willem. I'll never forget the day that I walked into his classroom for the first time. I was about standard seven, grade nine, and he was my guitar teacher. And uh, I walked in that day, greeted him, and as I sat down for my first guitar lesson with this guy, um, he was a young man, just um, still busy studying, basically finishing his studies. 
and doing side, on the side note, he was doing some guitar um, lessons, giving guitar lessons, and he asked me the one question, what music do I listen to? And um, growing up in a Christian household, I immediately told him, no, I'm listening to Christian music and worship music. And little did I know that Willem was already a worship leader in a church at that stage. And in that very moment, that first question became the question that opened up a discipling journey of what it means to be a worshiper of Jesus. This man has had such a great effect and impact in my life through giving and seeing his occupation not as a place where he can just make money, but an opportunity to disciple people in knowing Jesus and following Jesus. He's still a great friend of mine today, leading in God's kingdom. The third person many of you guys would know is Donnie. And sometimes the person that you get to walk with discipling you is not just for short moments, but it's someone that disciples you in life, discovering what it means to fully live out your calling as a Christ follower. And this is something that God has blessed me with in my journey with Donnie. Many moments of conversations and discipling um, to discover my calling as a leader in his kingdom, to discover what it means to be a husband for my wife, a father for my children. Discipling is a journey. It's not just knowledge. And it's something that I've given my life to. This, during this lockdown, I've seen actually examples of people, quite a few examples and questions, conversations that I've had with people on the topic of, I'm struggling to spend time with Jesus. I'm struggling to spend time in the Word. And it was so simple and, and really a privilege that I've been enjoying. But just to ask people to send me what they're reading about every single day. And if they have any questions for 40 days, because I figured it would be good to cultivate a relational habit to spend time in God's Word, but also to do that with someone else and get the opportunity to ask questions and work through them. And I cannot tell you the amazing fruit of the journey of about 10 people that I'm journeying now with and discipling them how to just spend time on a daily basis in the Word of God. Discipling is a journey and it's a privilege. I'd like to invite you to take this journey on the foundational steps of Jesus. Maybe it's good for you to go back to those roots and discover what it meant to take your first steps. And maybe God is calling you to step up and start discipling people around you in this journey. You'll see there are links available in, in the sermon below where you can sign up and get people to walk with you. But before I'm going to pray for people and I want to invite you to pray with me for God to guide your heart in this discipling challenge, going out there and taking some first steps in discipling people. I just have one last thing that I'd like to mention. It's in John chapter 8, verses 12. Jesus making the following statement. He's looking at a crowd of people and he's saying the following words. Very famous words. Many of us know this. He's saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the reason why I want to share this with you is that so many times we believe that <sighs> discipling someone is all about showing people to Jesus' teachings or showing people to Jesus' power 
these miracle powers that he so beautifully portrayed and demonstrated while on this planet. But the reality is, is Jesus himself never said that his teachings or his power is the light of the world in which people need to follow. He makes the statement. He's saying, I am the light of the world. And in this, we can never forget that to disciple someone is to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, with a person. And with this person come his teachings and comes his power, but it centers around a person, Jesus Christ, and knowing him. So therefore, I'd like to ask you to pray with me and speak to this person, Jesus, about the people that he's calling you and me to go out there and disciple. Let's pray. Father, as we are gathered together, wherever we may be today, watching this and just spending time together in your word, Father, I come and pray that your spirit would stir up in our hearts names of people that we maybe need to approach and ask and start to journey with and when it comes to making disciples. Father, I come and pray for dads, fathers in, in the spirit, people that have already matured and walked a road. Father, I pray for a capacity in them to awaken and to search out children, babies that need to take their first steps and to start a journey with them, a conversation with them to walk this road of what it means to be a child of God. And then secondly, Father, I come and pray for people who are taking these steps for themselves for the very first time. And Jesus, I want to come and pray that you would be so present that this will not be an academic journey for people, but that it will be personally a relational connection with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.